Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of One Vision. Joining us today is Stephanie Foster, my wonderful co-host on Wing Women, along with our guest, Dana Wilson, founder and CEO of Chip. And welcome to the show, Dana. Ah, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Um, and for those of you who have followed us on social, Dana was actually on a panel recently with us, with our friends at Fintech Talents, talking about financial inclusion, using technology for good and purpose and innovation and all the good stuff. So this is perfect. Um, before we start, Dana, can you tell our audience a little bit about your journey and your company, Chip? I know that there was a, a explanation behind the name. Oh, yes, absolutely. So CHIP stands for changing how individuals prosper. And what we do is we make it easier for individuals and small businesses to find financial professionals of color. So whether that is traditional financial advisors, um, certified planners, estate attorneys, tax professionals, um, accountants, that's really what we do. What we do is really helping to ensure that intentional visibility of financial professionals uh, externally uh, and then internally within the industry, making sure that people understand that wealth is for them uh, and that their wealth is important and they have the opportunity to be the wealth architects, I like to say, of their lives, right? A lot of times we have been in positions as people of color where, you know, this industry or the outlook of wealth has not been for us. So our, our mission and vision is really to ensure that people understand that this is a place for them to be seen and heard uh, with their money. And my overall journey to getting here uh, was just my career in this industry, in the financial industry, being in a lot of spaces where I was either the only woman, woman of color, you know, black woman um, in a lot of different spaces, only seeing women in support roles to, to male advisors. And you're kind of looking around the room and going around the water cooler like this makes no sense. <laughs> right? Like I don't even understand. Um, how that's a thing, right? How how women are in more leadership positions, how women um, are not seen more as, as investment advisors. And that was just a lot of the catalyst of wanting to see change and inclusion um, and make sure that there are these spaces where people feel like, hey, this is an industry that I can be a part of um, from a career perspective. And then also one, again, that I should be able to walk into any place and not have someone possibly stereotype me when it comes to the money that I may or may not have, right? We we all need to be able to walk in and be our full authentic selves in all of those spaces. So for me to start a company that is able to do that, uh, it's less of a company and more just really throwing that mission and vision uh, of mine into the world uh, and hoping that we truly do start to see change. Great. Um, happy to be back again on the podcast with Theo, Dana. I'm so excited to have the opportunity to, to chat with you. We follow each other on social media. So it's great to talk to you here live. Um, so you, you've mentioned um, that CHIP was the result of the evolution of your career. And that was really an inspirational and powerful sentiment uh, for many of us and something that we can certainly relate to, that's for sure. How have you seen the ecosystem change, if at all, in the last decade? Uh, I mean, it's 
it's it's it's evolving i i think is the best um response there right especially if we're looking back at the at the past decade i mean we have to look back at these most recent uh, months in these most recent years through COVID, through a lot of the social unrest and, you know, unfortunately see the impact of a lot of those situations and people finally wake up to realize that people aren't making up stories about being stereotyped about in, in all different ways, right? Not just with their money, but just their gender, their skin, whatever, whatever community you're a part of. Um, whether you're someone who is part of LBGTQ plus communities, whether you're someone um, who is of black, black or brown um, pigment in their skin, right? Or if you're someone who is possibly disabled in some way, feeling stereotyped against, you know, people feel like they're finally waking up um, to all of these realizations that those things are actually true is is a terrible thing to, to realize, right? We have to go through so much hardship for people um, to, to believe uh, that that bad things are happening to others. But with that, you know, again, it, it's evolving. I, I can't say that we've made great strides. I think in small steps, there's a lot of people specifically within the financial industry who are who are honestly just tired, right? Myself included. And we want to see change. And we're not only advocating for ourselves, we're advocating for others because a lot of us are here to to serve. And a lot of us want to ensure that, you know, our legacy is really about the next 30 to 50 years, because that's who is really going to reap the benefits of everything that we're trying to sow into this industry and into this world. So I think the ecosystems are really being created by uh, the people who were on the the outside of that circle, right? The ones who did not see themselves reflected. Um, there's so many different types of amazing networks popping up in the industries from from friends of mine who are creating these dynamic spaces where different people of different backgrounds finally have a chance to share their voice. Um, and I think overall, as an ecosystem in general, we still have a long way to to go to ensure that a lot of the promises that were made by a lot of large companies are really being followed through with. But I am thankful to say that I know a lot of the champions within a lot of these companies, and I know the work that they're doing because I've spoken to them, I watch them do the work, I hear what they're saying, and they're putting a lot of that into action. So that keeps me hopeful knowing that they are in these seats and they're in positions of power and on the outside of you know companies as far as the independent space and financial services, there are a plethora of my friends and colleagues who, again, are, are creating these dynamic networks and in, in, um, companies that are focused all on inclusion. So we do have this ecosystem, right? We can't leave it up to the masses to decide uh, when and, and how it's going to be important, right? We know that everyone's voice is important now, right? We, we live in a very multicultural uh, society in every way, right? Gender included. And it's important that everyone knows that this is a place for me. Um, I belong here. And, you know, I, I need to have a space where you can hear exactly what I'm saying. Right. And I don't have to speak for everyone, but I'm going to speak for, um, you know, my, myself today. Yeah. You've mentioned independent financial advisors and, you know, that's, I'd, I'd like to touch a little bit more upon that. So I think one really way, one great way that I've seen our industry evolved in the last several years is with the rise of fee-only financial advisors um, to you know, enable the masses, the rest of America, right? Those of us who don't have half a million dollars in the bank, 
to invest at one of the large Wall Street firms, but to have access to financial advice on a regular basis to help us build our lives. And I always use this example. Um, you know, I about a year ago, I connected with a financial advisor who is a Black woman. She looks like me. She focuses on working with women who are breadwinners working in technology. And she provides comprehensive financial advice from credit score to helping <clears throat> negotiate contracts with your comp if you're working with a startup to helping you save money for the kids for college and just putting together a financial budget and tracking, um, which is something that I'm extremely grateful for at this point in my career as somebody who looks like me, who gets me, who understands where I'm coming from. Um, so definitely seeing those types of changes in the industry is certainly giving a lot of us a lot more hope. Oh, yeah. And it's so important, right, to be able to come into a room and know that someone understands you and you don't have to do so much explaining of yourself over and over again to, you know, to make sure that you're validated, that you feel seen, that, you know, hey, this person understands that I am also educated just because I don't know about this particular area. Um, it makes such a big difference to be able to do that, right? Finance is hard enough to talk about. No one, you know, it's not a, the sexiest topic and no one um, tends to feel comfortable there. But when you can walk in and feel that immediate weight lifted off your shoulder, you know, you, you get everything that you just kind of mentioned. So is it okay if I raise my hand and say I still don't have a financial advisor for exactly that reason you were talking about, Stephanie? Everyone who has knocked on my door, cold emailed me. I'm like, there's nothing that you and I are like. I cannot relate to you. And this is not going to work. So for now, I'm still doing my own stuff. But one of these days, if anyone listening and can relate to exactly what it is that I am doing, please do drop me a note. Um, I am curious, though, about a founder story, and I love talking to founders because you all give me hope. If you leave me to, to myself, and I do this a lot, I dig into a rabbit hole and I can't get myself back out. I told someone recently, they asked me, they said, you know, Theo, do you see hope? I said, sure, after 200 years, maybe. Uh, that, is, that is me. I, I see a lot of people doing a lot of amazing things, but... I am also acutely, sadly, aware of the forces behind the let's not change anything because we're in power and we have no incentive to try to change the status quo. Now, with that being said, I would love to be proven wrong. And I hope very soon I would be proven wrong. But with that being said, Dana, if you can go back in time, knowing what you know now, having seen what you have seen and going through what you have gone through the last 15 plus years, would you have changed anything you've done? No, I don't. I don't think so. Um, I mean, I, th I think it's one of those things where you get to a certain point in your life and you start really reflecting on, you know, not just your professional journey but also your personal journey too, because they go hand in hand. Uh, and I think the problem a lot of times is that people try to separate their personal journeys from their business or professional journeys. Um, not really realizing and understanding that those are the things that actually made you great, gave you courage and, and gave you confidence uh, to be able to really succeed 
in all the other things that you were set on this earth to do, no matter what higher power you believe in or possibly pray to, right? Um, a lot of it is that that part of you where you had to dig deep, <laughs> like where you, I mean, I've tried to quit this industry so many times, it doesn't even make any sense, but I keep getting wrapped <laughs> back into it uh, because I have a love of of people and a love of of hope, right? I have that in me that I cannot seem to shake, particularly within this industry, when you just know what you know, and you've seen um, so much of the hardships that different people had to go through for no other reason, except for possibly their gender and the color of their skin. And um, that's something that I just cannot necessarily let go of. Uh, and the, the passion that comes with the possible hardships that you go through personally, also wrap into that. Um, you know, and there's nothing that I would have probably shied away from to get me to this point because all of those things, whether it's family related friends or just life just beating you up some days, right? Because some days we just wake up and we get beat up. And by no means does that mean that, you know, nothing will happen in the future, but it's all part of the journey of the confidence and, um, the charisma and the spark and the fun and the joy um, that you see, because most people who get to these places of joy and that glow that you see when you look at certain people and you think that they just arrived there, they did. They, they went through some stuff. Right. Um, but that makes everything that they do and everything that they touch glow and sparkle in a way that you just cannot take away from them. Uh, so for me, you know, absolutely not. If I had to go through part of the pain to to get to here, to see the clarity, to have this point of personal and professional growth and reflection, if I changed anything, then I might not be here, right? If something did not happen to me in the exact way that it happened, I probably would not be talking to you all today, right? I might not be on the stages that I've been blessed and about to be blessed to be on because I wouldn't have had that confidence instilled in me in that way to be able to do so, right? And we're still always growing, but I think it's just recognizing that every part of your story is important to the person that you are today. Very true. I agree 100%. Um, and I think this is a great segue into our next question. Um, I know that you you founded Dana Disrupts back in 2020 <laughs> in the middle of the pandemic. Um, oh, yeah. And, you know, through this particular venture, you're helping financial organizations reshape their workplace culture. Would you mind sharing with us, like, some specific examples of, like, how are you accomplishing this goal, this very important goal? We all know it's so needed in our industry. And, and what sort of responses are you receiving from the marketplace? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I can't take full credit for... Uh... The disruptor part of it, I you know give a big thank you to to Janice, well Dr. Janice uh, Gasm, who would focus on she's a diversity, equity, and inclusion, um, like amazing, uh, amazing and brilliant, brilliant woman in her own right, and she wrote the first piece of media that I had in Forbes. Um, and that was the title that she gave me, uh, disrupting the industry. And I the first time I saw it and I looked at it and I was just like, wow, um, am I really that person? Right. Like, you know, you have you kind of back to your the, the question I just answered 
about, you know, you're reflecting on your life and how you came to that point, right? This is me, this C student who is now um, doing all of these things and having to go through all this path to now be this disruptor in the industry and what that really started to mean to me and the way that I just chose to take that brand and, and spin it into what I felt like a disruptor was, which is someone who is being authentic and using their voice uh, for others, right? And I think a lot of that just goes back to what I'm seeing within our industry. Uh, people who are now wanting to really fight for change and some of them have been fighting for change right like so it's not just myself it's a bunch of other people some you know don't look like me these are you know people who are not of color who are also tired and want to be champions for inclusion in all shapes and forms right so they do exist and i'm blessed to know a lot of them and to work with them uh you know we were just at we talked about this earlier off offline um, about this conference that I was just at in wealthmanagement.com uh, in, in Florida. And we had a big discussion around inclusion in, in our industry and the powerhouse of dynamic and brilliant minds that were in this think tank that I participated really does go back and give you hope for change because it's not about us just being in a room and having these conversations. It's about the fact that we're pushing this together with action um, as a as a collective and as a loud collective because you have to be loud together, right? I can't just be over here by myself with my small little picket sign like that's not how it works, right? Data disrupts is a very small percentage to the collective that's being cultivated and that has been doing the work for some time. Um, and so you, you don't get anywhere by yourself, but really reshaping the workplace culture is really about that, right? It's, it's about really talking to these companies and helping them to understand and first of all, acknowledge that, hey, yeah, we have a problem. We haven't been doing this thing well for a certain amount of time, but now we're wanting to do better and we're starting to do better. And we're listening to not just what's going on internally, but also externally, because people want to see different, right? People want to work in an industry where they see themselves and not as their peers on the front lines. We want to see people in executive leadership and not just middle management. We want to see people in the C-suite and ultimately running uh, the company. And that's how you have these conversations is about opening up that bridge to do that and to help them put that action in place around well, how do we get there? Um, and a lot of it is making sure that the people that work there are seen, right? For for so long as as a black woman in this industry, I felt like I was behind some sort of closet <laughs> closet wall, right? Where was, you're just behind uh, uh, this this screen, um, and you're somewhat out and about a little bit, but you don't really see a lot of people all over the place, right? You go to conferences. Um, sometimes, and I've experienced this, where people think you work at the conference, right? No, I'm an attendee or I'm actually speaking here, right? And that still happens, right? That's still happening um, to people. And those are the things um, that it's going to take when we're talking about reshaping the industry, um, institutions, and, and cultures that exist. But again, you know, we're, we're here to do the work. Um, and I'm also here to do the work, which which I love. Great. Um, and I, I would say on behalf of women everywhere, on behalf of Black women everywhere, thank you for everything that you're doing, because it is, it is so needed. It's, it's back, right? It's, it's back 
to those who pour into you, right? I've been blessed to have so many people pour in um, to me and give me that confidence to be able to do all of these things. So it's it's the back and forth thank yous. It's a village. <laughs> it's a village, right? It's a village. Yeah. Um, so pivot a little bit. You know, we're thinking about where we are with the economy right now, inflation, shrinkflation, the price of gasoline. Um, oh, God. But- yeah, let's not even go there, right? <laughs> there goes summer vacation for all of us. <laughs> right, seriously. Um, but given the current state of the economy, what would your advice be to you know, those who are just starting out in FinTech or just starting out in financial services and wealth management? What should they be focusing on? Uh, I think just to back to an understanding of self and what your goals are and not yours as a collective people are on you know uh, what we see on social media it's really having those self-reflecting moments so everything that we went through within covid like you can't just lose that right you have to take all of this with you um we had to kind of hit some sort of reset button there and understanding and you need to do the same thing now um going through these tumultuous times don't always have to be so scary if you're planning well and you're always going back to basics, right? We know that this is going to happen again, right? This is not gonna be the first time this happens. We're gonna come out of this at some point and we're gonna fall back into it, right? Hopefully the gas prices don't go up <laughs> from where they are. But again, right, it's it's being realistic about your money, um, about your time, about how you're spending, um, about, um, you know, uh, you know, reflecting on, on where you need to be. Maybe that's from a work perspective. Um, is this an opportunity where, you know, you can look at other career opportunities or possibly, you know, negotiate for things that you feel like you need in this time if it's more income? Uh, I think that from, you know, if you're looking at your finances, again, you need to be realistic. Should you be making sure that you're paying down debt and not overspending, living within your means, Um, you know, not necessarily always letting the market scare you during these times, right? Because there's a lot of people making a lot of money right now, but it never tends um, to be all of the other people, right? Because the other people are getting the message of run, hide, be scared, pull your money out, put it under your mattress, throw it, burn it. (laughs) I mean, all sorts of crazy stuff, throw it in the air, maybe to fall back down. I don't know. But, you know, it's like, this is the time to, you know, pay a lot more attention to what other, um, the things that you should be, which is not running and hiding and pulling your money out. It's about, okay, well, maybe it's reallocating. Maybe it's realizing doing that self-check-in. Maybe your uh, investments are a little too aggressive and it's making you a little nervous. So maybe you just go back and reallocate. Um, And, you know, being able to keep some cash on hand so that, you, you know, you are more prepared for that rainy day. But this is also, you know, again, why you sometimes work with a professional who can kind of help you ensure that you're on that path. So when these things happen, like you're prepared for it. It's not a shock or a surprise to your system, to your wallet. Um, You were prepared. And if you're still doing all of the things that make sense for you in your own financial situation, uh, you should be okay, even if you have to adjust it a bit or even get a little bit more frugal than you normally would. So listening to you talking, I've been scribbling like mad. 
anyway, <laughs> now I like to take notes. Um, being like this little student, I've always been. I, I, I can't shake it off. I still have pens and papers, and I've been writing down everything you said. A lot of things that you just said resonate with both of us, and I'm sure will resonate with many who are listening right now. The love of hope, hoping for change, being able to see us represented in places that we go. Um, I normally use the, the bathroom line as a gauge, and typically there's no line in the ladies' room when you go to conferences, and, and, and you know how well represented or not represented you're in. Um, I've been mistaken as as secretary, someone who takes, you know, who who carries things for my um for my co-founder, which has happened and still happens. Um, you know, that and and we need more of us. We need more of us to go shatter the stereotype, the biases that are in the industry because more than half of the world's population are women. So there's no reason why the people who serve the people who are on planet Earth needs to be just of one specific type. Going back to what you said, um, what has influenced your life journey and how you wouldn't change anything because that's what made you who you are, the people you met, the things you've gone through. I wanted to ask you, are there some specific people along the way who might have influenced you the most in your personal and professional journeys and help shape the Dana that we see today? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would say the first, uh, well, not the, the first, there's quite a few, but the, the center uh, was my grandmother. So my grandmother, um, you know, God rest her soul. She lived to be 91 years old. Uh, and she was absolutely just amazing uh, in her own right. Brilliant, charismatic, strong, independent, um, very talkative, <laughs> very, very talkative, uh, which was which was amazing, um, especially as a young kid. I mean, my grandmother talked to everybody, everybody. Um, and when you're young, I don't think you really realize the power of that, that that skill set of being able to relate to others in a way that makes them immediately smile. And it didn't matter who they were. Um, it, it really didn't. I mean, she could pull a smile in a conversation out of anyone. And you would if you walk past like you would think they had been friends all their lives. Um, and she was always like that. She was one of the only black women. Um, who worked in both radiology and pathology in uh, Duke Medical Center or Duke Medical Hospital. And this was probably in the 40s, 50s, um, 60s. So she had been through and seen a lot, but she always just poured into me a level of confidence that I think only a grandmother can, right? You know, you have your parents and they're wonderful and great, but it's just like, yeah, <laughs> you know, you, you're halfway listening um, but there's something about having a very strong independent um, grandmother who just pours life into you constantly and anytime I would get in trouble it wasn't a matter of like you know do better and, and all of that kind of finger shaming and, and things that you should be doing it was more of that you know tell me why like you you know you're better than this right there was this just that expectation of you know who you are and you're just like oh wow <laughs> 
um, and even as a kid that just sticks um, sticks on you where you just know you could do more, do better and not, you know, talk as much in that class anymore to some degree. Right. Uh, but I think just her love of life and, and people always have been at the core of everything that I do. Uh, so, yeah, I would say that is my biggest driver to being brave and not being afraid to to do certain things. It's that voice and that that light. And of course, like a lot of just my friends, I have a great group of friends uh, and we all just breathe life into each other. Um, in a way that is really, really amazing and something that I do not take for granted. Uh, and I have a lot of great groups of people around me that I could just bounce ideas off of and, you know, just show up and not have to be anybody else. And I think that's so important and something that's really overlooked, especially especially as a founder, because you need that space, um, not just as a founder, but really as a CEO running a company. You need that space because there's a lot of moments where you just want to give up, right? Sometimes that hope slips and you're just like, ah, I don't know. Or you have those moments where it's like, is this, is what I'm doing really going to make a difference? And the vision you have is so large that it seems so far away. Um, but when you have those people around you can who can remind you of not necessarily what you're doing, but who you are, uh, that makes all the difference. So yeah, just keeping good people around me, authentic um, open, empathetic, uh, individuals. That's great. Um, can certainly relate, relate to some of that, you know, for me in my life, my mom is that person who's always been the champion, who's always been the voice in the back of my head, pushing me to keep moving forward, to keep growing. Um, and of course, I have an amazing community and a great tribe of women in the industry as well, um, mm -hmm. who are my go-to. So definitely shout out to all these folks. Um, you know, certainly you're extremely accomplished. And like I said in the email earlier today, totally fangirling <laughs> over this whole conversation. Um, so I do have to ask, um, you know, to date, what would you say has been your wildest Career success. Mm. I think just just build or just having Dana disrupts, uh, and not because it's even remotely about me. Um, just where I started to sometimes like look at that website and look at. Uh, what people in this space that people have provided for me it's it just blows my mind uh, a lot of days and you feel like you're not even you're so far from where you really want to be or where i really want to be um career-wise and the things that i want to put into this world but i think just the embodiment of what that means to me um and what i'm hoping that catalyst can do uh, because I never saw myself as a speaker. <laughs> like, this is just, uh, you know, I didn't see um, myself in, in this light, right? Like, this is not the lane that I ever thought I would step into um, or the lane that I would be, you know, kind of pushed into uh, that I would love. 
Uh, but I knew, you know, when I was young, I was, you know, I always kind of somewhat get in trouble in class and, and talking and loving to hear people's stories. And I'm, you know, kind of have that sarcastic comedic side to me as well. So very much, you know, human. It's not business. It's always, you know, fun. Like this is fun for me. Uh, so, be, so to be able to pour all of that in, but just to kind of look at like that little girl and look at these photos and awards. And I'm just like, sometimes I'm like, who is that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm literally, and I'm just like, who, who is that? Uh, but it's such, it's such an incredible blessing to just to have the opportunity. Um, and then to be able to hopefully inspire others to know that they can do this too. Uh, because I realize that just from other people that I listen to, um, you know, I haven't met Lovey Ajayi Jones, um, but I'm hopeful that at some point our paths will cross. But the thing that I took away from her development and watching her journey and, and, and a lot of others as well that I that admire in different spaces of, of speaking and just various industries is the fact that she talked a lot about giving herself titles. And I think this was in her book as well, um, in addition to on her podcast. And she talked about how she didn't know that she could give herself the title of being a writer. And when I heard that, I kind of had to rewind it a few times and really listen to that part because it was the same thing I felt like when I was getting or starting to be on a lot more podcasts and I was speaking and it was just like, well, you're not a speaker, right? You're just kind of out here talking, <laughs> like you're talking, but no, you, you really are saying something and being able to give yourself certain titles because you do deserve them and they are a part of what you're building. Uh, you know, you I, I love it when she talked about being able to borrow courage. And I think I borrowed courage from her and a lot of other people around me to be able to do this. So sitting back and thinking about the accomplishment to date, I think just that being able to have um, this brand just amazes me and humbles me in every way. Love this conversation and apologies for those of you who are listening because you cannot see our body language, but Stephanie and I just like nodding our head and we're laughing. <laughs> At one point I almost <laughs> fell off my chair. But um, this has been wonderful. It's a privilege to be able to actually have both of you on. Um, Stephanie Foster, my wonderful, wonderful friend and my wing woman. And also Dana Wilson, DanaDisrupts.com. For those of you who are listening, especially those of you who are conference organizers, I do not want to hear one more word from you all that said you cannot find women to talk in your events because voila, there are two of these amazing women in wealth management and FinTech, financial services, founders, entrepreneurs, innovation, whatever box you want to check, they are right here. So look for them, seek them out, be intentional in what you do, actions. I don't want to hear any more words, actions, actions. Let's take actions. So Stephanie Foster and Dana Wilson and Dana, thank you so much for joining Steph and I today. And for the rest of you, thank you for listening in to another episode of One Vision. We will talk to you all next week. Mm -hmm.